As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Guys, the Spotify Green Room is a live audio-only sports talk platform. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Get in on the conversation that you listen to here every single day and have a chance to be featured on your favorite podcast like this one. Download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join my group. Follow me at Larry D-E-E. It's, uh, I don't know why they didn't let me use D period, but they didn't. So follow me at Larry D-E-E to be notified when my room goes live every Wednesday, 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, and join me when we go live every Wednesday night at Club 34-7. What's up, guys? Here we are. The final preview episode of 2021, of, of the 2021 season, uh, I should say more accurately, because obviously we're already in uh, 2022. Going to put a bow on the uh, Bears and Vikings prep and uh, get you ready for the final Sunday of the 2021 campaign. And then things, that's where things finally get exciting for us Bear fans, because, um, you know, the long awaited announcement, I'm sure, is coming on Monday. The exciting part, however, it's it's not even so much that Nagy is going to be let go, but it's the mystery of what's going to happen. What else is going to happen? Are we going to get a new general manager? Are the Bears going to restructure uh, the front office and add a football operations guy? You know, are they going to send uh, Ted Phillips out to pasture and let him be in charge of the uh, stadium project and and things like that? Get him the hell out of uh, you know, the football decision department and uh, put him back in the business, you know, where he's belonged this whole time. So um, we finally get to, you know, start to answer these questions, who the Bears are interested in, you know, when they start interviewing candidates and, and you know, who it is we're actually going to bring in to uh, try to move forward in 2022 with this young core of uh, young offensive players and uh, with, you know, studs on the defensive side, uh, with Roquan and uh, Jalen Johnson. And then as we move through this offseason, answer the question, is Akeem done? Will he be brought back? What's going to happen with Allen Robinson? I think we all know where that's headed. But, you know, all of these questions will eventually get answered. And with the way the season is going, I'm looking forward more to that than I am to this game uh, on Sunday, especially with the news that came out this afternoon, which we'll talk about here uh, in just a moment. So, Let's go ahead and dig in. This is the Week 18 Deep Dive Preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Our beloved are headed off to Minneapolis in January, which means it must be time to close out the football season because that's what we've done Six out of seven years, and that's not an exaggeration at all. Go back and take a look 
every single year except for last year in 2020. Uh, since 2015, we finished the year on the road at Minnesota. And then, of course, you know, like I've mentioned a couple of times, like Chris Gates uh, so accurately pointed out to us, the, uh, the, the last game in Minnesota last year wasn't the last game of the season. However, it was the Minnesota home finale. So for seven years straight, the last home game of the year for the Vikings has been and will be the Bears. So we'll see if the NFL can get a little bit more creative in 2022. Maybe have us go to Detroit week 17 or have the Lions come to us or, God forbid, have the Vikings come to us. Just throwing that out there, you know. Never mind the the, the Packers and uh, and all that kind of stuff. How about we just mix it up? You know, let us let us play the Lions. Let the the Packers play the Vikings or or, or what have you. Let's do something different uh, this time. But uh, you know, we we got uh, we got this game coming up, and um, it's uh, I, I talked about it yesterday uh, with Chris, and uh, uh, we did the research on uh, how this thing will end up if the Bears, in fact win and finish 7-10, same as the Vikings, uh, the tiebreaker goes, uh, I actually heard it, heard him talking about it on the Hogan Johns podcast this afternoon, that um, it comes down to not strength of schedule, but strength of victory. Like the teams that the Vikings have beaten rank a little bit higher up than the teams that the Bears have beaten, which makes sense because, you know, of our six victories, there isn't really... Well, I mean, if the Raiders win this weekend, we would have beaten two playoff teams. The, the thing is, none of those playoff teams is in the NFC. So, uh, you know, we, we've we got the Bengals and the Raiders. Uh, those are our, basically our best wins uh, of the season. Then we've got two wins over the Lions and then the Seahawks and the Giants. I mean, just basically, as far as NFC victories, all bottom feeders, every last one, you know. And uh, with in the AF, on the AFC side, our one victory over an AFC North team was week two uh, against the Bengals and then week five on the road against the Raiders. And if they win on Sunday, that would mean the Bears beat two playoff teams uh, down the road uh, in this uh, season. So there's that, uh, I guess. But the, the Vikings have beaten the Packers. They've beaten the... Uh, Steelers, they beat the Chargers, you know, so their victories stack up a little bit better uh, than ours. So that would be the tiebreaker there because we line up literally everything else. The we'd be you know seven and ten, we'd be three and three in the division, five and seven in the NFC uh, as far as our conference record goes, and all the rest of that stuff. So um, you know, it did. I think it. I think Hogan Johns mentioned that it went down to like. The, the fifth or the sixth tiebreaker, something like that, before it finally broke into uh, Minnesota's favor, and that's where uh, the Vikings will take second place if the Bears win on Sunday and they both finish 7-10. and 10, We're in third place no matter what. So we get the uh, – uh, and actually it turns out that um, the, the NFC South uh, team that we play will be the loser of the Minis- – excuse me, of the New Orleans – Atlanta game so personally I'm rooting for the Saints on this one so that we play Atlanta and not the Saints because that's a road game we'd have to go to the Superdome to play New Orleans and I'd rather the Bears go to Atlanta I like our chances better there than I do against the Saints in New Orleans it's been a while since the Bears won a game uh, in New Orleans so 
I'll take a, I'll take Atlanta over that one. Um, and our other two same place opponents would be the 49ers and the Houston Texans, and both of those would be home games. So hopefully we'll fare better against the 49ers next year than we did this year. And the Texans will hopefully still be the Texans next year so we can steal a win uh, from them uh, next year. Not so much steal, but get a win against a, uh, a lousy football team right now. So we'll see. But uh, so we'll be keeping an eye on that to see what how that's all going to shake out. But the rest of the schedule is already set. Um, we are going to play the NFC East. So the Cowboys, the uh, whatever their name's going to be. We find out February 2nd what the Washington football team will be calling themselves next year. The Giants for the fifth year in a row, we're going to play the Giants. And then, of course, the Eagles and then the AFC East, the Patriots, the Bills, the um, Dolphins and the Jets will be on the schedule uh, as well. We will be at New England and at the Jets. At New England, at the Jets, home for Buffalo, home for the um, Bills. Well, that would be Bill Buffalo, wouldn't it? Home for Miami and Buffalo, uh, on the road for the Jets and the Patriots, and then on the with the, the NFC East, we're on the road for Dallas. And I think we're on the road for Washington. No, we're home for Washington. Home for Washington. Home for the Eagles. On the road for the Giants and the Cowboys. So that's uh, how that stacks up. And then our, obviously our division games home and away. So that's pretty much how the schedule break down, breaks down. And then, like I said, we'll we'll either play New Orleans or Atlanta as our NFC South same place opponent, and uh, it will be the loser of that game uh, that we'll be playing uh, next year on the road. So we'll be at Atlanta or at New Orleans. I would prefer to be at Atlanta. But um, anyway, so I guess we're kind of diving into news and notes uh, already uh, as we move along here. And um, Wednesday and Thursday was Wednesday was good news day. Thursday was bad news day because Wednesday was when we learned that Justin Fields will, in fact, be the starting quarterback against the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday, only to learn today on Thursday he's been added to the COVID-19 reserve list. So he's not likely to play uh, on Sunday. However, uh, Justin is a vaccinated player, so there's still a chance he can clear protocols and play on Sunday, so let's keep knocking on wood. I would love to see him play one more game before you know shutting down, obviously. Um, if not, I think uh, we're looking at Dalton being the starter uh, again against the Vikings to close out the season. So we'll see how that all uh, ends up, but that's definitely something that we're all going to be keeping a very close eye on for the next 72 hours to uh, see if Fields can clear protocols and play in the finale uh, on Sunday or if, uh, you know, a kind of um, uneven performance against the Vikings on Monday Night Football four weeks ago will be his uh, last performance in 2021. So, I don't know. We'll see. But, um, you know, obviously it was not a great uh, rookie season. You know, he had his rookie ups and downs. He took his bumps and his bruises, but we also saw some really great things 
from him, things that uh, you know we hope to build on uh, next year, and hopefully something that can be harnessed by someone who knows how to use his personnel properly. I don't think Matt Nagy is a bad football coach. I just don't think that he's I, – I'm trying to figure out how to say this. I just – you know, obviously he's got play calling issues and it's, you know, about about his use of personnel obviously has been a great, great weakness. You heard me talking about it to Chris uh, Gates yesterday was, you know, this was a guy he wanted Justin Fields. He pounded the table for him. The Bears went ahead and made the move uh, and got him. He finally gets him. And from the moment go, he he's he bungled this thing from the very beginning by not having a plan B for Andy Dalton if something should happen to him, if he should get hurt. There was no preparation. They didn't start preparing Justin Fields to be the starter until Justin Fields had to be the starter, uh, which was when Dalton uh, went down. And that was uh, definitely not the time to be doing that. He should have been splitting reps in in training camp and you know should have gotten reps in the preseason with the starters and things like that. Uh, you know, or at the very least, he should have been competing for the job from the beginning. That should have been treated like a competition from the start. And um, but instead, you know, the the whole thing was was bungled from the beginning, from the way that it was handled the first week of the season or the first start against Cleveland, uh, and everywhere uh, in between. Hearing things from Nagy throughout the season, like they're learning how to use him properly. It's like, well. I beg your pardon, but if you didn't know how to use him when you got him, why the hell did you draft him? You know, I mean, just if you didn't know how to use him, why did you take him? Why didn't you take somebody you knew how to use? Like, I'm sure, honestly, as far as like just being able to plug him in and play the quarterback position, especially for what Nagy wants to do with his offense, Mac Jones would have been a better choice. But for trying to figure out and learn how to use a guy and uh, and all that kind of stuff, Justin Fields wasn't the right choice then. Not for Matt Nagy anyway. For the offense Matt Nagy wanted to run, Justin Fields wasn't the right choice. And I'm hoping that our, our next uh, coach will be a guy who knows how to use a Justin Fields and will be able to properly uh, you know, plug him into an offense and use the personnel around him properly from David Montgomery to Darna Mooney to Cole Komet. Hopefully we'll see all of those guys trending up because they're being put in the best position uh, to succeed versus what uh, Nagy has failed to do uh, as in the last few years. So he's like, I don't know what changed overnight from 2018 into 2019, but you know, it went from being a creative offense that could move the chains that could score points that could keep up with this defense uh that we had uh to all of a sudden you know the defense is constantly bailing us out they have to pitch shutouts for us to win football games and this year in 2021 that wasn't the defense that we had so uh we needed an offense that was going to be able to uh you know put points on the board and bail the defense out from time to time and uh, we just didn't uh, we just didn't have that. So so yeah, that was the good news, bad news. The good news that yay, Fields is back. He's going to be our starter. Fantastic. Bad news. He's on the COVID list. Not a great chance he's going to play Sunday. Well, shit. So 
Anyway, in other great news, Jakeem Grant placed on the injured reserve list with an ankle injury, so he is done uh, for the season. He will not be in the game on Sunday. Same with uh, Jesper Horstead, who spent two weeks on the COVID list only to come off and be placed on IR. It doesn't really say why, but uh, just says we have placed Jesper Horstead on the reserved injured list along with uh, outside linebacker Charles Snowden, so who's been on the practice squad. He got elevated a couple of times, but he has been uh, you know, shut down for the year uh, as well. So Snowden, Horstead uh, on injured reserve, along with Jakeem Grant. So, you know, one of our more exciting players and what I believe is one of Justin Fields' favorite targets not playing in the game on Sunday, possibly along with Justin Fields. So... Uh, all, all in all, a fantastic day to be a Bear fan. Um, so let's just go ahead and, and talk about the injury report here and just get all the bad news out because the rest of the news and notes is actually, well, some of it's painful. The rest of it is pretty fun, actually. But um, looking at our injury list, Jimmy Graham is doing that, you know, resting day, you know, so he's always on the injured list because he doesn't practice on Wednesdays. But he was full go today with no injury. Uh, Akeem Hicks, back in my good graces, did not practice yesterday or today with an ankle injury. So, again, with this ankle injury shit. Um, Robert Quinn, apparently he's nursing a shoulder injury, did not practice Wednesday, was full go today, uh, along with Eddie Goldman, Duke Shelley, and Andy Dalton, all full participation uh, today, Andy Dalton still nursing that groin injury. Duke Shelley has a heel injury. Uh, Eddie Goldman with a finger, but like I said, all full go. So very short injury list, probably because everyone who isn't injured is even on the COVID list or on injured reserve, so therefore no need uh, to be on the list. So that is our injury list for this ball game on Sunday. And like I said, there's going to be a lot of close attention paid to Justin Fields and his status uh, for Sunday. And I know there's a lot of mixed feelings about whether or not people want him to play on Sunday. Uh, and I understand their concern about him possibly getting hurt in a meaningless football game and, and all that kind of stuff. I just want to see the kid play one more time. I, I want him to get some more reps before he's done. I don't want that game on Monday night to be his final statement for the 2021 season. So, I would prefer that he does play. I understand everyone's, you know, like, just go ahead and shut him down. You know, the season's over, blah, blah, blah. I get it. I still want him to play. So, anyway, on the more fun side, uh, January 6th, even though it's a banner day in the history of America, uh, being the one-year anniversary of the attack on the Capitol uh, last year, um, it's actually a, a a weird anniversary day for the Bears. Three very significant uh, days uh, or games take place on this uh, particular day in January sixth. Uh, going in, um, going all the way back to nineteen eighty five, January sixth, nineteen eighty five. The Chicago Bears travel out to Candlestick Park to take on the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game. And despite 92 yards uh, on 22 carries for Walter Payton, uh, the Bears are shut out 23 to nothing by the 49ers to uh, lose the NFC title. The 49ers went on to Super Bowl 19 
to beat the uh, Dan Marino-led Miami Dolphins 38-16 to with uh, Joe Montana claiming the MVP trophy uh, that season. But it was a football game that actually gave birth to the 85 Bears because um, at the end of the football game, when uh, when it was in doubt or when it was no longer uh, in doubt, um, uh, Bill Walsh, the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, decided to put Guy McIntyre, his starting left guard, in the backfield and run the ball with him. So fast forward about nine months later, uh, late September, early October of 1985, the 5-0 and Chicago Bears come to Candlestick for their rematch with the 49ers. And this game is on YouTube. You guys should check it out because when I watched it, I watched it like in the last spring, um, in like April of twenty, April of twenty twenty, right when I first started working from home, um, and I was just looking for stuff to watch, and I found these old eighty five bear games on uh, YouTube, and this I think was one of the first ones that I watched, and I remember the Bears winning that game. It was a rather convincing, resounding twenty six to ten win. Uh, for the Bears, they really just established themselves as the team in the NFC in that football game. Um, but I obviously don't remember because I was only seven years old at the time. I don't remember like you know the the overall details. The the extent of me watching that game since then has been in you know ninety second spurts in NFL films recap, watching like the eighty five Bears season, uh, you know, being recapped in various different ways over the years. And I'm kind of glossing over uh, that win, beating the 49ers and, uh, you know, proclaiming the NFC as their own. And um, go back and watch that game. We beat the ever-loving piss out of Joe Montana in that game. They sacked him literally seven or eight times. And when they didn't sack him, they were hitting him. I mean, they really got after Montana uh, in that game. It was unreal how the you know like the the 46 was just just savage i mean how fast they were how quickly they penetrated like montana had no time no time and he had a rookie uh jerry rice that was basically useless in this football game cuz you can't find a wide open jerry rice when you're underneath a pile of literally like five bodies it was unreal check it out on youtube track it down it is a staggeringly dominant performance uh, from from the Bears. I mean, it was really something. I've I've watched. I found a, a lot of games on YouTube from that '85 season, and I watched quite a few uh, of them. That was the one that absolutely blew me away. Absolutely blew me. I mean, I watched that game from their Thursday night game against the Vikings, the one where Jim McMahon came in and in four plays he threw three touchdown passes. We were losing the game 17-9. to McMahon comes in. All of a sudden it's like 30-17 to or something like that, and we're kicking the, the holy piss out of the, uh, out, of the uh, out of the Vikings, and we just ran away with it uh, at that point. Uh, but it's like in the blink of an eye, we're, you know, we went from being like it was 17-9, to first play of the game, he throws a touchdown pass to Willie Galt, boom, it's 17 17- to 16 we get the ball back very very first play he finds I think Dennis McKinnon for a deep touchdown uh on the first play from there and then like the the Bears get the ball back two plays later he uh I think finds Willie Galt again for another touchdown and boom 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 just like that it went from 17 to 9 to 30 to 17 and the Bears ran away with it 
uh, after that. But even that, the Vikings were able to move the football. They actually ran the ball on us a little bit, and and, and you know that. And this was week three of that season. Fast forward three weeks later in Candlestick against the 49ers. And they just they ragdolled the defending NFC NFC and NFL champions. They they won the Super Bowl. They beat us to get there, uh, you know, and beat the crap out of uh, the Dolphins. It was it's an unbelievable performance. You can find it on YouTube. It is well worth your time. You just sit there and be like Jesus to give you a, a, an indication of how awesome that defense was. I mean, it was to be able to beat up on the 49ers in Montana and you know Bill Walsh and all those guys like that. Unbelievable, and then the cherry on top. Ditka got uh, got his revenge on Bill Walsh because the last few plays from scrimmage for the Bears, he uh, he wheeled out the refrigerator, William Perry, to carry the football a few times at the end of the ball game to get back at uh, Bill Walsh for uh, putting Guy Ma- Guy McIntyre in the backfield. So. Um, 37 years ago today, the Bears uh, lost that ball game to the 49ers, but the silver lining was that, uh, you know, that little that little poke that Bill Walsh gave the Bears and Ditka on the way out of town um, was the seed that uh, sprouted and became the single greatest football team that's ever played uh, the game. So, And uh, in somber news, today is the three-year anniversary of Cody Parkey. And the double doink. Uh, this one still stings. Um, the YouTube channel, uh, Secret Base, uh, they used to be called SB Nation, but now their Secret Base is the name of the channel. They do these videos called Rewind, where they select a, a moment in sports history and they do a deep, deep dive, like a rewind to, uh, you know, kind of uh, detail and map out how it was we got to this uh, particular moment uh, in history. So it's it's 14 minutes long. It's it's an interesting uh, you know take that they take on um, on how the Bears got to this point first year under head coach Matt Nagy, and then it also talks about how the Eagles were the defending world champions, and you know Carson Wentz and how he got hurt, and here comes Nick Foles again to save the team and get him through the playoffs and uh, and what have you. And then, of course, the, the, the big tagline is, is like, welcome to a moment in history, and then we get to relive the double doink at the end of the video. Uh, and it still stings. It still stings to watch that goddamn ball curve to that left upright thing and then dong off the crossbars like, oh. Oh, man. And then I saw on Twitter today uh, Lawrence Holmes, uh, the Chicago uh, radio personality, I think he was the host of the football after show uh, that year because it's a it's a it's a video on Twitter of it was Alex Browns and Lance Briggs were literally like taking a knee in the studio watching it and the two of them reacting. The ball is up and Browns like he made it, he made it, he made it, and and Lance Briggs literally like dancing around the studio trying to you know like he's all emotional and wound up and everything, and then it doinks off and everybody in the room is crushed. And the other player that was in the room was Matt Forte. I didn't know, I don't remember him, that him doing that uh, show. But, uh, you know, he's like, man, I told you, I told you. And you know what? Matt Forte is right because I can go back and detail the preview of that football game. And we all know, you guys remember that season. The last thing that we wanted 
in that game against the Eagles was for it to come down to Cody Parkey. We did not want the football game in Cody Parkey's hands because he could not be trusted. He couldn't be trusted, especially in Soldier Field. There was just something he found the upright in Soldier Field four times in a football game and a couple more times uh, you know, throughout the season. Just doinks it right off the 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 the, the upright over and over again. <sighs> Today is the third anniversary of that misery. So and then finally, to end this segment on, on an upswing, today is the 20th anniversary of one of my favorite bear moments of all time, and that is the Keith Trailer uh, interception and interception return. That's the, that's e- the even better part is the interception uh, return. If you guys remember, a couple years back, I had Olin Krutz, uh on the show and I asked him specifically, it was like, you were on the team in 2001. When that happened, well, how do you, you know, how do you remember that? Were you, uh, you know, it's like he's on offense, so he's on the sidelines. Was he too busy, uh, you know, talking with his teammates, going over what's going to happen in the next drive? Or were you on the sidelines actually watching this happen in front of you? Uh, and all in and I had a really fun exchange because it was just – such a crazy moment. Keith Trailer, 350 pounds, uh, reads the here he reads the screen. Here it is. He's coming. One-handed stab takes the ball out of the air, uh, gets away from the running back that the ball was going to. And I believe it was Philip Daniels. I think it was Philip Daniels that um, bashes right into the running back. And then after that. You know, Keith Trailer is off to the races, so to speak, up and down the field. And and I remember I was telling Olin Krutz this when when I had him on the show. I remember in, and I was in my apartment and I was actually kind of I was laying on the floor. I was laying on the living room floor watching the game. And by the time Keith Trailer got tackled 71 yards later, I was on my feet screaming at the television because this was just the greatest thing of all time. Because, uh, I mean, it was one of those games where you wish John Madden was calling it just so we could hear John Madden talk about the fat guy interception or the fat guy, you know, this, that, or what. Because it's one of those great fat guy moments in football history that the fattest guy on the field was able to make a play like that and he's running down the the field and I just remember you know usually when you have a play like that when it ends when something when when the guy gets tackled at the end there's maybe two or three guys there or anything like that go back and watch that clip Keith Trailer makes the interception he's running down the field and five steps in, he's looking to pitch the ball. He's looking to give it to somebody else, to either Jerry Azuma or Mike Brown or R.W. McCorders or whatever. There are literally dudes that are running past him and then coming back to help him uh, in this as they run down the sidelines. And when they finally tackle him, there is a mass of bodies, a mass of bodies where they where he finally lands. There's like five Jaguars and six Bears. I mean, there's literally like 10 or 11 people there at the scene of the crime when he finally crashes to the earth 70 yards after he makes that interception it is one of the greatest things and uh it was dick enberg and um uh, dan deardorff 
that were uh, were calling the game, and their commentary was was fantastic. Dick Enberg was the play by play guy. May he rest in peace. And he's like, the earth is shaking as he's running down the field. Fantastic. Literally one of my favorite moments in football history, let alone one of my favorite moments uh, in Bear history. So January sixth, quite a day uh, for the Chicago Bears. You had the the anniversary of them. Losing the NFC Championship game to the 49ers, but it was the seed that planted the 85 Bears, so that one's kind of a bittersweet thing, if you will. Obviously, the double doink, that's the, the height of agony, and then the height of euphoria, the the Keith trailer play that everybody can look back fondly on, even fat guys like me, because that's just a dream come true for all fat guys to be able to make a a one-handed interception and then rumble down the field uh, for 70 yards. So, But it's just so much fun uh, to go back and watch that play. And, uh, you know, the fact that it took three guys to bring him down and the fact that basically the entire roster is there when he gets tackled because it, it's so many guys around him. That's what was so funny. It's just like this mass of bodies just on the ground uh, when Trailer finally gets tackled. So, yeah. I think that's a great way to end the segment. So let's go ahead and take a quick break. We'll uh, give ear to our sponsors. We'll do keys to the game. Talk a little bit about this uh, ball game between the Bears and the Vikings and wrap things up. (laughs) This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Guys, Spotify Green Room is free, audio-only social media platform for sports fans. Start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. Talk with other sports fans, insiders, athletes, and executives in real time. Join in on conversations with me at Club 34-7 and have a chance to be featured on your favorite podcast. I'll be hosting rooms every week. Uh, for Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern. Come through and talk to me live on Club 34-7. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app in the iOS App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow me at Larry D-E-E to be notified when my room goes live. And again, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, you can join me on the Spotify Green Room for Club 34-7. Come in, let's have a conversation, let's talk bears, let's talk whatever you want. But in order to do that, you got to download the Spotify Green Room anywhere you get your apps. <laughs> Keys to the game for our beloved Chicago Bears as they go into the 2021 season finale on the road at the Minnesota Vikings because that's what the NFL does. That's where they send us uh, for the last game of the uh, season. And I actually do have a couple of keys to like general like this is how you win the football game kind of keys uh based on how the first game went because the reason the bears lost the game to the vikings quite simply was because we could not finish drives in the red zone uh in four uh, red zone trips i think we had three points we settled for one field goal i think we turned the football over twice and we had a turnover on downs, but we were 0 for 4 in the red zone when it counted. We had that last, technically 1 for 5 because we scored on the last play of the game. But, you know, if we score, I mean, if we get like a field goal and a touchdown out of those other three drives, we win the game. That would have been enough for us to actually win uh, the ball game. Let, I mean, never mind if we just scored a touchdown on all four or all, on all three of the other drives, you know, besides the one we kicked the field goal 
And if we just do like, uh, you know, eat man, hell, if we even settle for another three field goals, we're at least we're playing to win at the end of the ball game when we do score uh, our touchdown. It's 17 to 12 uh, at that point. So we're, you know, still we still have to score uh, a touchdown, but it's it's meaningful as we're driving down the field uh, at the end of the game versus, uh, you know, having the walk off meaningless touchdown pass that uh, that Justin Fields had. Um, who was was it? Jesper Horstead? I think it was Jesper Horstead at the end of the ball game. So, finish drives. You know, let's uh, not set off for field goals. Let's get touchdowns. This is what won the game for Minnesota. Because if you look at, go back and look at that game statistically, the Bears won it everywhere. And the two places that we lost the game, I think we lost the turnover battle three to one because we had the interception on Kirk Cousins. Uh, but we had uh, the two fumbles, one by Fields, one by um, uh, Montgomery, which almost never happens, and then the the muffed punt uh, as well. So those three turnovers. Um, I mean, and still the defense played well enough to win. It's the first time we've been able to say that in a very long time. The defense played well enough to win. Uh, we only gave up seventeen points, and. The two touchdowns that we gave up were on short fields, so it's not like Cousins and company were able to drive the length of the field and put touchdowns on the board. The Bears gave up touchdowns when their backs were up against the wall. I mean, obviously not the, the greatest testament to the defense, but with the odds are not good. The odds are not in the defense's favor when they start out like that. So that was the difference in the ball game and if we want to win this game so we do finish 7 and 10 and you know end the year on a three game winning streak uh and everything this is what we have to do this is essential uh to victory cuz the bears uh for as uneven a performance as, as fields had in that football game we managed to move the ball up and down the field we could just never close the deal uh when we got into the red zone i mean it's what's plagued the team all season long is actually scoring points Moving the football hasn't really been an issue a lot of the time. It's been being able to close out and get that last 20 yards to get us in the end zone that's murdered this team this year. So if we want to win this game on Sunday, that's number one. Got to finish these drives uh, against the Vikings, put the ball in the end zone, score points. I know it's a crazy concept, but that's what it's going to take for the Bears to come away winners on Sunday. And then this is more for our pending free agents or guys that are on the bubble with a possible new regime coming in, a new general manager, you know, a guy, you know, therefore a guy that didn't bring you into the team. Um, When a new guy comes in, he's likely going to want to bring in his own guys. So, for you know free agents who are you know off to pasture after this or for guys that uh, could be let go because they're not the new guys guy play like there's no tomorrow you know just play i mean obviously there are no games after this but you have to play like your future is uncertain on sunday got to give the effort that at the very least is going to put some decent tape together for other teams to watch, and that's going to benefit the Bears on Sunday. Play like there's no tomorrow. You want a job in 2022, whether it's with the Bears or the any of the other 31 organizations in the NFL, you got to put your best foot forward, got to put the best effort in on tape 
against the Vikings on Sunday. That will obviously help our beloved in getting a victory against the Vikings, and it will help you uh, in the in the uh, in the long run uh, as well. And then finally, guys, you guessed it. Don't beat yourselves. Don't beat yourselves. Whether it is Dalton or if you know if we get a late reprieve and Fields uh, can play, or God forbid, it's Nick Foles out there uh, on Sunday. We want to hang on to the football. No stupid penalties. Get the Vikings off the field on third down. No silly holding penalties. That's going to extend the drive and give them more chances to move the ball uh, down the field uh, and things like that. Play smart football. Be disciplined. Wrap up Dalvin Cook uh, and everything like that. If you get beat by Justin Jefferson, well, you got beat by Justin Jefferson. Just deal with it. Doesn't don't be tugging on his jersey uh, and everything. Don't be stupid. Play smart. Play disciplined. Don't beat yourselves. We run those three game three keys uh, down. I think we come away with a win on Sunday and end this season on a high note because. Uh, the season, uh, the, the the team is going to be completely different after Sunday when we return to the field in the, in the summer of 2022 uh, for the um, you know for the preseason and and what have you. New head coach, possibly a brand new GM, maybe even a football of uh, president of football operations and stuff like that. Uh, you know, some new wide receivers out there because the only guy we have under contract is wide receiving course Darnell Mooney. That's it. Nobody else. I mean, Daz Newsom is a practice squad player, so technically he's not on the roster. And, uh, you know, neither is Rodney Adams. Allen Robinson, uh, Marquise Goodwin, Demir Bird, they're all on one-year deals. So, yeah, we'll see how that all goes. We'll see how that goes. Maybe uh, maybe Robinson has kind of played his way into basically having to come back for the Bears because 30-something catches for 350 yards and one touchdown – that's not uh, that's not the foot you want to put out there when you're trying to test the free agent uh, market. So I'm very interested to see what the market's going to be for Allen Robinson. Very, very interested to see how that's going to turn out. But, um, you know, if he wants to come back, I'm all for it. To be honest with you, I am at the right price. That was my argument a year ago was that I would love to have Allen Robinson back. I do not want him on another football team. I want him in a bear uniform but i'm not paying him 20 million dollars a year he's not worth it he's not worth it and he still isn't worth it in fact he has played himself out of that price tag i don't give a damn what anybody says whether they want to blame Nagy or justin fields or you know whatever he's not a 20 million dollar a year wide receiver he never was so i think he should be paid right around where he's at 16 million 17 maybe but uh he's not a 20 million dollar elite uh can't live without him wide receiver he's not so but i would love to see him back in a bear uniform for the right price and if somebody wants to overpay god bless him he can go count his money somewhere else so we'll see how it all goes but um anyway that is going to do it guys final preview episode of the 2021 season uh we will be back on monday for the final review episodes of the 2021 campaign, starting with Bear Up and Bear Down on Monday. Then we'll wrap this thing up on Tuesday with the deep dive review, knee-jerk reactions, the final knee-jerk reactions of 20. 20- 
21. And I'm sure we'll probably be back once or twice more next week to talk about, uh, you know, well, the news, because I know that we'll, we'll probably know on Tuesday uh, or like when I'm recording the show on Monday for Tuesday's episode, what the fate of everyone is with Nagy, Pace, and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure we'll break it all down and uh, I'll get a, I'll get on the horn to, to Lauren Cox, see when he wants to come back to do the year in review. Do you want to wait until we hire a coach? So that could be our, like our our little ending thing, or you know, do you want to talk about it now and then come back later? We can do that as well. So uh, stay tuned. Keep your eyes on the social media at BTU underscore Larry uh, on Facebook. Well, not on Facebook, on Twitter. Join the Bears Talk Underground uh, Facebook group uh, and uh, stay in touch because uh, I plan on keeping busy during the offseason one way or the other. So come on back Monday for Bear Up and Bear Down. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.